You're listening to the Photographer's Story Podcast. I'm your host, Hark Najjar, and joining me is international photography business coach, Bernie Griffiths, as my co-host. Well, thanks everyone uh, for joining us today. We have uh, with us, uh, of course, my co-host, Bernie uh, Griffiths, and also we have uh, our great guest, uh, Denny Decker from Australia. Bernie, uh, would you like to introduce our guest uh, to our audience? Yes, uh, thanks, Hark, and... uh... It's so great to be able to welcome Danny today. We've uh, lived a bit of a life together, but I'm sure we'll get into that. I hope he doesn't include me in a lot of his stories because uh, we did get up some to some interesting uh, exploits. But hi, Danny, where are you at present? What country are you in and, and what city? Um, good morning, um, Bernie and Huck. I'm in uh, very hot and humid Sydney at the moment. Um, we've had a very hot evening as we are in the middle of summer. Um, so yeah, good morning to everyone. And uh, you've uh, just come off holiday with your three wild kids, right? Yes, we have. We've just come back <laughs> from a holiday up at Byron Bay in the northern suburbs of New South Wales and um, where it's extremely busy up there because of the, uh, the lockdowns that we have here in Australia for each different states. Um, so it was very, very busy up there. Ah. That, that's great. So welcome home to the real world. Now, although having said that, Danny, I know that you retired when you were 40 years old, right? Correct. Um, and that was what, 10 years ago, 20 years ago? Mm, you look no, about 50... 70, but... <laughs> Thanks for that, Bernie. How long ago no, was it? <laughs> it was 15 years ago. 15 years I, ago. <laughs> I, I remember that because I've got a 14-year-old son. And, okay. and the, the, the time that I was told that, you know, my, my partner was having a baby was the time that I decided to say that was enough and, and I retired. Yeah. Well, fantastic. I hope you're enjoying your retirement. Oh, no, I'm loving it. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank well, you. when did you start in your photography? What was your inspiration to pick a camera? When did you get going? Um, I started when I was quite young, um, but not that young. Um, I was about 15 when I, uh, my mum bought me a, uh, one of a little box brownies from Davis and Penny. It's like a Costco store, but sort of um, in America, but in Australia, it was called Davis and Penny. And it was about $2 for this box brownie. And um, I used this box, box brownie and I got just really interested in just taking photos, um, the whole photography side of it, um, the developing. I didn't develop anything. I actually sent everything off to the lab and, um, and um, then when I was about 16, my brother was working for a newspaper and they were selling off their camera gear and I ended up buying a Nikon FM. And I'm sure most photographers would remember the old camera. And I bought a, um, a whole lot of lenses to go with that. And that was sort of the commencement of my sort of photography career. And um, where it all really started for me was my brother, got married and he asked me would you like to come and take some photos at my wedding and um so I stood next to his official photographer so he did have an official photographer and then there was me and I'm um, I photographed the wedding and so you uh, were one of those guys were you Yes, exactly. One of those guys that was oh, hanging oh, off the God. side. <laughs> I know, I know. But this photographer was really good with me. I literally took photo for photo um, uh, with this guy and <laughs> and with no complaints from him at all. 
Um, and uh, so, and my girlfriend back then uh, happened to be part of the bridal party. Um, so I re- this is just going back a long, long time. And um, the this sort of the commencement of my career wasn't there. It wasn't at that time. It was actually after the wedding because I went and got the photos developed. And once I got the photos developed, they all come back. I stuffed them up. My camera was set to the wrong shutter speed. And every photo that I, that I took with a flash, because back in those days, I was told you've got to always use a flash. So the sync was out. And um, the sync of the camera was 125. I put it on 250. So every photo was completely stuffed. Um, which just devastated me after spending over $100 in getting these photos developed. And basically that was my cue to start becoming right. I want to get this right. And I started um, teaching myself, self-taught. And um, that's where I started getting into Tell the Tell me, I'm just weddings. interested, Danny. You know, as far as I'm concerned, when I had a camera in my hand, I had the power I was very shy, but you put a camera in my hand and I had control. How did, you, how did you feel when you first had a camera in your hand? Look, I loved it. It was great. But it was more when I started getting into business, I had the power to make money from something that I love doing, which I've never had that. It, it was something that um, this camera was going to create dollars um, and that in turn helped me to then buy more equipment because that's all I was doing. I wanted to buy more and more equipment. So having that power to earn money from the camera was a v- sort of something that I s- sort of commenced and started saying to myself, this is a career. I'm going to actually have a career out of this. Mm-hmm. Were you still working at the time? Uh, did you have another job uh, before you started your photography journey? Um, I actually did have a job. I actually was working for the government and the whole money turn where I was turning the photography um, hobby into a money was all the start when I met Bernie. So before I met Bernie, I was um, working um, as a government employee. I was having the camera on the side. Uh, After this wedding that I photographed with my brother, I then had my sister's friend who said, can you photograph my wedding? Um, Reluctantly, I did it. But hey, I survived it. I got paid $40 for that job. And um, I put the camera on 125, not 250. Um, So all the photos come out great. And then um, that $40 ended up turning into the next wedding, which was, I think, about $60. Um, And that turned into another, which was $100. It was actually when I met Bernie at a seminar where Bernie was conducting a seminar. And that was the moment of change when I realized that this was going to be a career to make money. So I've sort of come from the avenue that it was just a bit of a hobby. I was just enjoying taking photos to no, Danny, you can actually make this a career. You do not have to work five days a week for the government from 7 a.m to 3 p.m. every single day of your life, you can actually go and make your own money photographing weddings. So I remember remember about that, Danny. How old were you then when we first uh, collided? 
Bernie, it was in 1988. So I'm just trying to remember how old I was in 1988. I think you're about 21, um, 23, or 22, 23 correct. probably. And uh, correct. what I remember yeah. about that, you're one of these people that, you know, a speaker does his job and there's always this one person that always hounds you and follows you. And you followed me back to my hotel room because I was uh, staying where the uh, event was. And then we proceeded to have a few drinks and uh, many cigarettes and uh, you never left me from there. So it could have been the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been the alcohol. But I'll tell you, Bernie, at that time when you were actually doing that seminar, I, I don't think I've ever told you this, but I actually was going to university be, to become an engineer. And I commenced university a couple of days after I did that seminar with you. And um, it was going to be an eight-year degree. Um, and I went into the first, the first uh, session of this you know, university degree that I was going to do. Within two hours, I walked away from that university lecturer and said, that's it. I am not, I am not going to go to university no more. So I literally lasted <laughs> two hours after spending thousands of dollars on enrolling into this university. Um, I actually spent the first two hours looking at this lecturer, talk to me and try and teach me. And I was like, you know what? This is not me. And I walked away and I quit that day um, and started following Bernie and started following his um, ways of, um, you know, uh, doing business, conducting business and what photography can do and how it can make you a success. And um, so that was a real, large, very big turning moment was when I met Bernie at that seminar. And uh, um, just uh, there are so many stories we need to get through. Uh, about the, the 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 girl you first had sex with, uh, <laughs> your bungee jump uh, that you lived on the boat for a year with a yes. newborn baby, all the hangovers you used to have, all the trouble you used all to get Ferraris up to, and... all the Ferraris, mm. the boats, the, the 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 luxury items, your Rolex watch, uh, becoming a millionaire, um, all the drugs you sold because that's the only way you can make money nowadays. You can't make it in photography. Hey, <laughs> well, that's, that, that's, <laughs> that's something I was accused of many times, Bernie, yeah, that people yeah. said to me, how in the hell can you be buying this kind of stuff and not be doing something sinister? No one could believe that I was actually being successful just from photography. Photography. Yeah. yeah. But so, the, yeah. there is a hidden side to me. And the hidden side is that I actually have been in real estate as well. So I have invested in real estate on the side of my photography career. So was, was that something that uh, you started immediately or it just took you a while to get to the point where you thought, okay, I'm earning decent income right now, but in order to actually increase my wealth, I, I need to do something else. So is that sort of coincided later on in your career, which is something that you always interested in doing uh, immediately? As soon as you started, is that the real estate? Yeah, as soon as you started making money. Yeah. No, I, I started real estate when I turned 18. The day I turned 18, I actually bought a property on that day um, because it was legal that I was allowed to buy property. So my property career has actually been my number one love of my life. And I buy properties. Um, I buy very old properties. I renovate them 
and then I rent them out. And one of my goals in life was to buy a property every year on the year. So if I didn't buy a property that year, something's gone wrong and I would have to start questioning myself and say, hang on, what are you doing? There's something wrong. What I finally found out a few years into my photography career was something that I learned from another photographer and a very successful photographer in Melbourne. He said, Danny, one of the things that he's done in his life is from the money that he makes in photography, the cash flow, he put that into a better investment. He put that into real estate. And I always remember him telling me that because I love real estate. And that's exactly what I did. So the money that I've um, made from photography, I slipped it into the real estate world. So every time I had enough money to pay a deposit, borrow the rest of the money, I would buy another property. So I've owned properties now for over 30 years. In fact, I had just renovated one of the properties last year, which was 30 years old. And it's the first time I bought it brand new. And it's the first time I've renovated it. And I kept looking at this property saying, I cannot believe I bought this property 30 years ago. So that's sort of been my other sideline to the whole uh, photography business. Photography was just cash flow. But I'd love to hear, and I'm sure the listeners would love to hear, how you went from shooting your very first wedding at $40 and owning a studio in Australia, then another one in the US. Walk us to a little bit of a story like how you actually ended up having a successful studio in two countries and running a very, very successful wedding business. Well, obviously, it all started with Bernie. Uh, Bernie helped me to overcome my fears and I opened up a studio. I ended up buying a property. Um, I'm a sort of a buyer. I'm not a renter. So I found this uh, property in Wollongong. It was a town south of Sydney. So it's about an hour south of Sydney. Very small population of about 800,000. Um, I uh, renovated the house and it was renovated to become a studio, purely a studio. Um, within my first 12 months, I managed to secure a, a very big wedding, which was um, a motorcycle champion of the world um, at that year in 1989. And I ended up um, photographing that wedding, which propelled me into what I would call my self-indulgent stardom that I was, you know, a famous photographer when I wasn't really, I was just a photographer from, from Wollongong. Um, so in about 19, I think it was only a couple of years later after that, I um, found myself wanting to expand and wanting to get bigger. And I moved to Sydney. I opened up a studio in Sydney. And um, that was one of the best things that I could have ever have done. Um, so I basically went from in Wollongong from about $2,000 to three, $4,000 weddings. And I went to Sydney and basically... Uh, I went to seven, eight, $9,000 weddings. So it was a big difference. But one of the things that I will always add into this, it wasn't just me photographing. I had a team of photographers. It wasn't just me personally photographing. Um, I, um, as Bernie taught me, is I've only got two hands. I can only photograph one wedding. Um, so to make more of a success, you need more photographers. So I managed to bring on more photographers. I trained the photographers. Um, so I, at one stage, had about six, seven or eight photographers at my peak who were all photographing weddings on the weekends. 
And um, as I just said earlier, I can only photograph one wedding. But I do have a funny story to that. On one particular day, I actually photographed personally myself four weddings in one day. And it's hard to believe that, but I actually did. It is hard to believe. I don't believe it. Do you believe that, Hawk? Better <laughs> explain it because no, I don't know. Mate, I, 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 um, I started a wedding at eight in the morning. And uh, in Sydney, back in those days, weddings were not um, uh, an all-day affair where you actually um, go from the bride's home all the way to the end of the reception. Most of our weddings were bride's home, uh, church, to the park, and then that's it. You're finished. You don't have to bother with reception. So on this particular day, I started a wedding at 8 o'clock. That wedding was a breakfast wedding. That went to 11 o'clock. I then went to my next wedding, which was like 20 minutes away. That wedding started, I think, about 11.30 or something. And that went to about 2 o'clock. And then I was due at my next wedding at 3 o'clock, which was around the corner. Again, it was all in the Sydney uh, district. And then at 3 o'clock, I did another wedding. At 6 o'clock, I finished that wedding. However, I know my assistant who was with me had to stay at that wedding because I had to then go off to the night wedding, which was a cocktail wedding. And that wedding started at 7.30. And it was, never forget, it was on the top of a penthouse apartment in the CBD, a beautiful apartment looking over the city. And it was a surprise wedding. And this surprise wedding was a black tie wedding. And I walked in dressed in a yellow suit. And I stood out like you wouldn't believe. I just never forget that day. That was photographing four weddings, just me personally. Is, is that your signature dress that when you always wore it? Was it yellow or <laughs> something that you only for that wedding? No, it was, it, no, no, it was the whole day. It was just a trendy suit that I, you know, used to wear back then in the days when a yellow suit was trendy. <laughs> I don't think it's trendy anymore. I, but um, I, I just remember that particular day because it was the, the, the most, it's when I say it's the best income I've made in one day because those weddings combined brought in over $50,000 wow. for me just that one day. But keep in mind, that was just me photographing the weddings. Then I had another four or five other photographers who were photographing on that day. And some of those weddings were two weddings in a day, meaning a morning wedding and an afternoon wedding. So that's sort of how it was very intense, you know, around that time that we were photographing. And it was fun. I really enjoyed it. It was, it was fantastic. And if you, can, if you can imagine, Hark, you wonder why you got accused of being a drug dealer. There's a guy <laughs> with a gold chain around his neck, as he has now a Rolex watch, a gold Hasselblad driving a Ferrari. I mean, this is not a real photographer. This is definitely a drug dealer. But Danny, tell us about the two gold Hasselblads and, and why you bought them. And they were 18 karat gold trim instead of chrome, right? And leather instead of plastic. Tell us about them. Um, I actually walked into a, um, a, a camera store, which was down the road from my studio, um, one day just to buy something. And I just happened to see, you know, a gold Hasselblad. Um, obviously, I rang Bernie, asked Bernie, what do you reckon? And um, Bernie always said to me, well, Danny, you'll be known as the man with the golden camera. And um, that's exactly when I went, you know what, you're right. I want to be known 
as the man with the golden camera. And um, basically, that's the reason I bought it. it. It was there's no other reason except I wanted to be the one and only um, person photographer that people will remember that when they see that guy, who's that guy? Who's that? Guy? Oh, he's got a gold camera. He's stepping out of a Ferrari. I want to know who this guy is. This is just unbelievable. And that's the reaction I got. People would come up to me. People would come up in the middle of the street while I was photographing a wedding and say, can I have your card, please? It was a very, you know, something that I, I sort of didn't know would happen. But once it happened, Bernie was right. You'll be known. It will just, you'll be remembered. And that was what is was, important. That was part of your brand. And this is something that Bernie stresses to all of us. Uh... That, that work with him it's typically you have to sort of separate yourself from the crowd and what better way than to just show up at a wedding in a ferrari uh wearing a yellow suit and a gold chain with a gold camera in your hand <laughs> so that, that that is the golden photographer well i was certainly remembered i can tell you that i really was remembered it was great and and it's funny you know i'll, I'll go to the next stage is you know i was photographing in the city in the cbd I was leaning up against the Ferrari and I was, you know, yelling and screaming and having fun and all this. And this lady, this lady just walked up to me and, and she said, who are you? Who are you? And I said, oh, you know, Danny Decker, the photographer. She went, you know what? You know where you belong? You don't belong in Australia. You belong in America. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? She went, you belong in America. You should come over to America. And I said, I don't even know who you are. I said, look, I'm actually one of the um, one of the attendees of the wedding. I'll meet you back at the reception. I'll, I'll talk to you at the reception. So anyway, we get back to the um, reception and, you know, again, we don't photograph receptions, you know, and I was about to leave and, you know, I thought, no, I'll go, I'm going to go talk to that lady because I saw her over there and I walked up to her and I said, look, you know, I'm just interested in to knowing why you, you know, you've said to me, you know, I belong in America. So we sat down for an hour talking about, you know, the American market. I, I, still to this day, I do not know why this lady just sort of pinpointed me. Anyway, she lived in San Francisco. She said, come on over, come to San Francisco and let me show you, you know, let me show you around. And I think a couple of months later, you know, my, myself and my ex-fiancé, we got on a plane, we went over there for a couple of weeks and she showed us around San Francisco and, and, and we just, it was amazing. And, and she just showed me the things that like Bernie, like Bernie shows you things that they're in front of you, but you don't see them. And she did exactly that. She just showed me, she said, Danny, where are the studios? There's no studios in San Francisco. I'm like, what? There's got to be a studio. Said, no, they're all hidden. They're all hidden in buildings. You can't see them anywhere. There's no one showing the way you show your photography via your studio. No one does that here. And anyway, after that two weeks, I went back home, went back to Sydney. I thought, you know what? I think she's on something. I think she's right. So what I ended up doing is three months later, during our winter period, which is June, July, August, I decided to go to America and live in San Francisco for three months. We rented an apartment and we basically lived there for three months and traveled America. We went to LA, we went to New York, we went everywhere that Chicago, we went everywhere that we could possibly go to see what it was like. Every time we come back to San Francisco, we just felt at home. It just felt something 
And that was after the three months we stayed there. I said, that's it. I've decided I'm going to open a studio in America. So isn't it funny, a simple person coming up in the middle of the street, tapping your shoulder, telling you you belong in America. And that's how it happened. There was no other way except that, that just that one lady tapping me is how I sort of come to America. So, sorry, just one quick question, Bernie, before I pass it over to you. Um, when you moved over to America, did you actually, uh, when you first went and uh, looked around San Francisco and New York and everywhere else, did you have the notion that you were actually going to think about starting a studio in America or just thought, I'll just go take a look, see what's out there? Or were you already dedicated in your mind that I'm going to go and open up a studio in, uh, in, in America? No, I think I was pretty dedicated. After that three-month stay, I, I was totally, this is it. This is going to be for me. Because I realised Americans were just not promoting wedding photography in a way that we were promoting and experiencing what we were in, a, in Australia. Um, and that's what made me realise that it, it wasn't just the money, it was the experience as well. Because I was like this crocodile Dundee turning up in America photographing weddings and um that's what the excitement side of it that was the exciting side of you know being in america but i i will just tell you one quite a funny story and it was you know my my number one experience in in america and dealing with americans i um had this guy who i photographed now i didn't know who he was i had no idea he come into my studio can you photograph my day such and such day yep great fantastic anyway i went to his home um, I think he was in a hotel and I'm photographing him and like eight of his entourage. You know, they have very big, large bridal parties. And I was just doing what I do, you know, and I'm just putting on the Australian accent the way I do. And, you know, like I'll give you one example, you know, telling the guys to sit in the gutter, you know, and they're all laughing at me saying, oh, and I'm like, what are you laughing at? They're like, oh, we call it a curb. I'm like, okay. So the day just <laughs> continued on with just a usual the way I talk, the way we talk in Australia. Anyway, I went to the bride's home. Anyway, then I turn up to the, um, to the uh, church. Now, I see this van and I see this, you know, large van and this big telescopic pole coming out of the van into the sky. And I see this guy with a video camera. So I walked up to him and introduced myself. Hi, I'm Danny, mate. I'm the photographer. You're doing the video. And he goes, no, mate. No, what are you talking about? The video. Like, yeah, you're the videographer. Said, no, no, no. Mate, I'm live television. I went, what? He said, do you know who you're photographing? And I went, no. What do you mean? He said, he's the MBN anchor of the news. He's a celebrity. And I'm like, oh, my God. My initial reaction was I'm in shock because the way I've spoken to these guys, you know, swearing in front of them, I actually got embarrassed. So I walked straight up to the groom and I said, Oh my, I'm so sorry. I've just heard who you are. I had no idea who you were. And he turned around, he looked at me and said, Danny, that's why we got you. We got you for that reason. Because you just treat us as normal. You treat us as a normal person. Where most of the time we get treated with this utter, total respect. He said, Danny, just keep doing what you're doing. So we kept having the fun. It was great. And we got to the reception. It was at that moment that my assistant kept tapping my shoulder and kept saying, Danny, do you know who that person is over there? I'm like, no, it's, that's a celebrity. That's a celebrity. That's a celebrity. And I was just in heaven. So that was just a moment for me to remember of how great America was 
And the amazing thing about that, Danny, when you invited me over to San Francisco to open that studio, that guy was there. He was there. He really supported me. He really supported my business because I really treated him as a normal person. And I think that's what he respected. And I still to this day think that's that memory of that wedding and that particular person was the best. And we we have photographed celebrities. We photograph celebrities in Australia. And again, they are lovely people. You know, they're fantastic people when you get to know them and meet them. I mean, I was actually sitting on my boat on the Whit Sundays in one of my three months um, uh, sort of stays that I had, you know, taking my boat up to the Whit Sundays and I was watching the news and there was my photographer representing my company photographing a celebrity that was on TV. It was on the news and I'm sitting there looking at it going, oh, wow, we've just photographed that cricketer's wedding. But it wasn't me personally. It was mm. one of my photographers because that cricketer actually chose to have that photographer in my business he didn't choose to have me and um so it was just another great moment of just looking at that going wow you know Decker's representing um again on the television here we are so it was great another great moment and I think that um you know being a wedding photographer and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are wedding photographers um but I'm sure they've never had the experiences you've had Danny uh especially the one about the bride who took her clothes off uh, in the bedroom for you. Oh, that was a bit of a shock. <laughs> it was a, a, a wedding that I did. She was a very young girl and marrying, marrying an ex, a, a quite an old gentleman. And um, um, it was at her home and we're in the bedroom and I'm photographing like, you know, we do. We're just sitting there photographing. And there was a few people in the bedroom. And suddenly she just stopped and said to everyone, could you all please leave? Could you all, no, Danny, don't you leave? Just could you all please leave? And I was like, oh, okay, I don't know what's going on here. So I said to my assistant, oh, you just hang on. And she went, no, 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 could the assistant leave as well? So everyone, everyone leaves. We close the door. She looks at me, takes off a dressing gown, and she was stark naked. She said, what do you think, Danny? Do you think we could do some of these photos? And I literally just didn't know. I, I, I opened the door, said to my assistant, could you please come back in here? She said, oh, no, no, I don't want the... And I said, oh, no, I need her to reflect the light <laughs> because I was so scared to be on my own. Um, I, I just don't know, you know, what could have happened or anything. So I ended up taking some really lovely <laughs> naked photos of her and then she put a lingerie on. But at the end of the wedding, there was a funny situation. That happened. I had a lovely day. It was a fantastic wedding. But at the end of the wedding, when I left, she came up to me and she just landed a massive pash. And I just sort of looked at her and she said, Danny, thank you so much. I said, oh, what was that for? She said, that's how we do it in France. We're French. We love you. We love you. We love your photography. You're an artist. And that was a, So you know, do we funny... have to explain to some of our uh... Uh, people around the world what a pash is uh, do you know what a pash is no, huh? absolutely not i was going to ask that okay um i'll explain it to you it's where you kiss uh, lips to lips <laughs> passionately suck tongue arms wrapped around one another body vibrating and you get this overall great feeling is that right danny or have that's I exactly that's very true right? that's, a <laughs> that's a pash <laughs> so danny was being very modest <laughs> that's what he was doing yeah. <laughs> well i think americans call it hook up they call it hook up but yeah we call it a pash yeah so uh, that was quite an e- exciting uh, 
a moment in your life, <laughs> in your life. But the French are like that. They're very passionate. Um, very, very, very passionate. Um, Danny, I, I just wanted to go through because a little bit we're short of uh, a little bit short of time, but we we can go over. That's fine. So it's it's sort of correct. I'm always excited when I talk to a millionaire. And uh, you, yeah. <laughs> all my friends are millionaires. <laughs> I, uh, but I love speaking to um, photographers that have turned over a million dollars plus in the business, which you certainly did. And you did it very easily. And um, just briefly, you know, your business in Sydney, um, you know, you used to say to me quite often how amazed your accountant was with your over million dollar turnover with just two staff. Can you just tell us a little bit about that, about uh, how well your business worked? Well, it was important, um, as Bernie taught me through teaching me, was um, the more people you employ, the more you have to put out, the more money you has to come out of your account. So what I did is a system and a system just ran as a system that um, Bernie taught me. Um, in those days, we were actually um, shooting negatives. So you got to remember this whole digital world didn't start for me until I actually opened up in, in America. So before that, we were still shooting negatives. We were still shooting uh, Hasselblads. Um, so we'd have to send off the film. But we just simply had a system that um, I had one full-time staff member and one part-time staff, staff member. All the other people, all the other photographers were simply subcontractors. They were people that not, they came into the studio once a week to meet and greet their photographers, their um, customers, sorry. And that was it. So basically that one full-time staff member literally ran the studio. And that part-time uh, person that I had in the studio assisted the full-time photographer. And the systems that I had running were just quite simple. Every day, the moment they opened the door, was just a system throughout the day. We used to have, um, you know, a what we call a batch in and a batch out. Batch in is what comes from the lab. Batch out is what goes to the lab. So we used to only have them two times a week. So two times a week would actually have a lot of work because it was the batch in. It was when you had to organise your photos. So that's sort of how we ran it. We just ran it as a system. And all the photographers that I employed were all part-time, meaning not even part they were just contractors. They would just come in on the weekend and photograph a wedding and maybe come in once a week if the client wanted to meet their photographer, which a lot of clients didn't want to meet their photographer. They just wanted a deck of photography to photograph their wedding. So that's sort of where I made sure that my income was a lot more than what my outcome was. And I think in America, what it sold in America was things are so cheap in America. Things like camera gear, all the office things, all the internet, all the, the rent for the studio, you know, that, that it was cheap. It was just cheaper than what it is in Australia. So that's sort of how it really did make the American studio extremely successful because the, um, you know, the, the sales over there were, you know, we were getting up to 25, 30, sometimes 50,000. Now, when you're, you know, sort of got all the expenses, which are just so cheap in America compared to Australia. I mean, I'll give you an example. We, I bought a Mercedes uh, in America. 
the Mercedes cost me 38,000. That same Mercedes in Australia was 240,000. So it's just an amazing difference. And that's why all the camera gear in America was literally half the price of the camera gear in Australia. So sort of that's where the, the whole business in America was, you know, it was very successful with, um, compared to Australia. Even Australia was very successful, but America was more successful in that sense because the expense has been so low. Bernie, we got so many stories to go through. We only have so much time. I'm going to pass it over to you and let's put Danny on the hot seat. Okay, so Danny, these are one-word answers. And if you can answer them all in one word, you get a prize. (laughs) I look forward to it. (laughs) What's your favorite food? Lasagna. Uh, if you uh, had your own choice and you had the money, what car would you buy? Ferrari. If you had a choice of who you'd have dinner with, just you and them, person living or dead, who would it be? Elvis. What's your favorite city? Uh, San Francisco. What's your favorite alcoholic drink? Scotch and, and dry. If you weren't you, who would you like to be? Hmm. Who would I like to be? I'd like to be um, Justin Bieber. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> what was your highest uh, wedding album sale you ever did? Uh, it would be the $50,000. 50000 US. Who inspires US. you? What person inspires you at this moment in time? Um, I've been inspired by a few, and that is I've been inspired by brands. Oh, so this has got to be a one answer, one word answer. No, that's all right. You um, lost your prize, but carry on. <laughs> Louis Vuitton and Chanel. I've right. always been inspired by them. Okay, great. What animal are you afraid of? Snakes. Describe in one word the bungee jump you did in New Zealand. Awesome. Great. Um, well, you didn't pass the test. Uh, you didn't get a prize, but uh, uh, what a interesting. Uh, and uh, because we're on our time, I only gave you eight questions, Danny, so you're off the hook a little bit. Um, Thank you. Uh, we didn't get to tell a lot of stories, one uh, that you've probably forgotten about where you were helicoptered up to the top of a, a snow-capped mountain in New Zealand and photographed just the bride and groom and the celebrant were there and uh, she was wearing high heel shoes in the snow, whinging all the time we didn't talk about that one but that may be for another date we didn't talk about that bungee jump that uh, you promised yourself you'd never do again we didn't mm-hmm. talk about you living on a boat for a year with a baby um and traveling around and uh, i had the privilege of actually living on the boat with you at some point in sydney harbor so there's still a lot of stories to go but um before i hand you over to hark and i hope the listeners have certainly enjoyed this episode. It's always great to talk to you, Danny. You have so many stories uh, that we've enjoyed many times over a glass of wine or three. Oh, yeah. gosh. Um, so t- <laughs> thanks again, Danny and Hawk. I'll pass it over to you. you know, thank you, Bernie. Thank you, Danny. This has uh, been a great episode. You, you certainly have uh, lived a very, very interesting life and uh, you're, you're living the uh, retired life and uh, living the life of a successful photographer. You've worked hard and uh, now you're reaping the rewards. And uh, we definitely have to have uh, uh, Danny back, uh, Bernie. We still have, I had a bunch of questions to ask, uh, but uh, given the, the time uh, and respect 
mindful of uh, our listeners' time. We will do it uh, next time around. So uh, thank you very much, and we appreciate you coming on this on the podcast. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye, all. <laughs>